Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The text for our meditation this morning is the appointed gospel lesson. For this, the baptism of our Lord, recorded in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 3, verses 16 to 17. Allow me to reread verse 15. But Jesus answered him, Let it be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. This is God's word. My dear fellow members in the body of Christ, as has been mentioned, today we celebrate the baptism of our Lord. At around 30 years old, Jesus began his public ministry. Before this, it had been private in Nazareth at his home where he grew up. In fact, the scriptures give us only one account of Jesus' childhood. The time he made a trip to Jerusalem with his parents for the Passover and then stayed behind in the temple with the teachers. He no doubt had a normal childhood, nothing exceptional to write about, except one thing, and that is he was without sin. Nothing really needs to be, more needs to be said about it, and so nothing is. Now, though, he is ready to come public and earnestly take on the work of being our Savior. In the Old Testament, the prophets, priests, and kings all took office through being anointed. They were anointed with oil. You might remember Saul, or excuse me, Samuel anointing Saul, and then later David to be king. And then Elijah, after his uh, victory on Mount Carmel and then running from Jezebel, anoints Elisha as his successor prophet and also a couple of new kings. They were anointed in order to set them apart for the special work of God. In a sense, that's what Jesus' baptism is. His anointing as he begins his public ministry. His anointing not with oil, but with water and the Holy Spirit, who descended on him in the form of a dove. This anointing, though, was more than just setting Jesus aside for a special work of God. It involved more than consecrating Jesus into an office of service to God the Father. For you see, Jesus was anointed in order to fulfill all righteousness. Now, it was not to give Jesus himself righteousness. He didn't need it. That's why John is perplexed in our scripture lesson when Jesus comes to him to be baptized. Matthew tells us that John had been preaching a baptism of repentance. John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea, repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. And then Jerusalem and all Judea and all the region about the Jordan were going out to him, and they were baptized by him in the river Jordan confessing their sins. You see, John's baptism was a baptism for sinners. And further, Luke tells us, John had witnessed of Jesus that one will come after me who is before me. His sandals I am not unworthy to untie. I baptize with water, but he will baptize with the Holy Spirit and fire. It makes sense then that, G that when Jesus comes to John, John says, 
I need to be baptized by you, and yet you come to me? John is admitting that he is a sinner, and Jesus is certainly not. If Jesus is the promised one, he should not need to be baptized by John, right? In a way, that's correct. Jesus is the Lamb of God. He did not need repentance. He did not have to confess any sins because he didn't have any sins to confess. Jesus had no sin of his own. That is what made him the perfect sacrifice, a lamb without blemish. So then, why Jesus' baptism? We've already mentioned that this was his anointing to the office of prophet, priest, and king. But it's more than that. And Jesus gives John and us the answer as to why. This once, he needs to be baptized. Jesus said, let it be so now. It's proper for us to do this to fulfill our righteousness. So there you have it. Jesus was baptized to fulfill all righteousness. And of course, then, this brings the great Lutheran question, what does this mean? What does it mean that Jesus needs to be baptized to fulfill all righteousness? Well, that's a good question. So let's meditate on that this morning. But let's take a break a minute from our gospel and look at our epistle lesson, Romans chapter 6. Here the Apostle Paul connects Jesus' death and resurrection through the waters of holy baptism to us. He says that our baptism connects us to Jesus and what he has done for us. Here again, part of the epistle lesson. Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing, so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. In our baptism, everything Jesus accomplished for us in regards to our salvation is given to us, is connected to us. His death becomes our death, the death required of our sin. His resurrection becomes our resurrection to a new life with him now and forever. It's true that Jesus was sinless, but he also was the sin bearer. He carried all that had gone wrong with you, all your sins. For your sake, God made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him you might become the righteousness of God. Paul puts that so wonderfully. Jesus takes all your sin into himself, so that even though he never sinned, he becomes the perfect, he becomes the greatest sinner. And in being the greatest sinner, he becomes the perfect Savior. Because your sin now belongs to him. You belong to him. And he belongs to you. There is no separation between us and Christ. He stands with us in the water of repentance. Jesus fulfilled all righteousness by fulfilling the plan of salvation that would give righteousness to all people. 
He identified with sinners and submitted to a sinner's baptism. He acted as a person who needs repentance because he came to redeem all of those who do need repentance. Jesus was baptized to take the place of sinners. In Jesus' baptism, to fulfill all righteousness, the sins of the world, including yours and mine, were laid on him. In a sense, Jesus' baptism was the opposite of our baptism. You see, in your baptism, God took away your sin and has declared you to be holy and righteous by the merits of his Son. Paul says to Titus, But when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, he saved us, not because works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ our Savior. In our baptism, we receive the robe of Jesus' righteousness and so are perfect in the eyes of God. In Jesus' baptism, though, God the Father imparted the sins of the world to his only begotten Son, who will take them as a willing sacrifice to the cross. He has taken your sins off of you and placed them on Jesus, who in turn dies for you. Isaiah put it this way, but he was pierced for our transgressions, he was crushed for our iniquities, upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace, and with his wounds we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray, we have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. It's the divine transference. Your sins are transferred to Jesus. Jesus carries those sins to the cross. There on the cross, Jesus satisfied both God's judgment and his love. God's judgment was satisfied by punishing your sin in Jesus Christ. God's love was satisfied by punishing Jesus Christ instead of you. And this way, God punished your sin without punishing you. Jesus was your substitute. He took your place. And so joining you in the baptismal waters, Jesus has sanctified those waters. Through those waters, when they are applied to you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, you are joined with Jesus, joined to his perfect life, which he led for you because you cannot. Joined in his perfect and all-atoning death, for the wages of sin is death. And joined in his resurrection to life eternal. All people are forgiven in the complete substitutionary life, death, and resurrection. Jesus Christ gives to them through the waters of holy baptism. The divine transferent. Our sins go to Jesus. His robe of righteousness comes to us. And that is how Jesus' baptism fulfills all righteousness. His baptism begins his public ministry. In his baptism, your sins are placed on him. His entire earthly ministry is about you, ridding you of your sin and giving you his righteousness. As surely as Jesus said on the cross, it is finished. You can be assured that the work for your forgiveness, life, and salvation is finished. It's done. It's completed. Through your baptism, this finished work is granted to you, is credited to you. In that, we praise the Lord. Amen.
and the peace of God the Father which passes all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds in God the Son, Christ Jesus, through the power of God the Holy Spirit. Amen.